0: We are glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for tonight, our one word series, continues with the word prophecy. Last week we talked about the word truth. Uh, Tonight we're going to to get into the word prophecy. Prophecy is is something that uh, we apply mostly to the Old Testament, but we do see uh, some things about it in the New Testament as well. Uh, when we look at, at prophecy, uh, the word that is used for prophecy in the Old Testament is Nebe, I believe it is, in ABA, which means to bubble up or boil forth. And that is uh, translated into a definition as to pour forth words like those who speak with fervor of mind, or under divine inspiration as prophets and poets. Uh, basically, we have the idea, the thought of, of one who is a prophet and one who does bring prophecy as one who receives God's word and proclaims it accordingly. And the word for prophecy is used, I believe, 123 times in the Hebrew Old Testament. The word in the New Testament is teuo. I believe it is. Uh, and in the New Testament anyone referred to as a prophet is understood as one who shares the divine inspired message, as it is defined in the theological dictionary of the New Testament. Now getting out of the, the foreign words to us, God's Word was given to his people in different ways at different times. As we look at, at the fullness of time, and I know Kirk did a class, at the school of preaching on the fullness of time kind of a shortened version of it uh, but as we look at the, the fullness of time as we look at, at God's will and how it was revealed to man we have different ways in which it was revealed to different peoples at different times Well we look first at, at the patriarchal age where uh, we see that that God's Word was shared directly with certain of the patriarchs who Who passed it down to their children and to their families. We also see the Mosaic age where uh, the law was given to Moses who gave it to God's people. We also have the prophetic age if you will. When God's word was given to prophets to share with his people. Anyone desiring to know the will of God was to seek a seer as they are often. ...often called as well, or prophet who would reveal God's will to them. One of the ones that comes to my mind is Naaman. He had leprosy and he was sent to the seer... ...who told him to dip in the Jordan River seven times, and he did. The time of the prophets continued through the time of John, the baptizer... ...and Jesus, who really, uh, even though it was in the New Testament... We can consider Jesus as the the last of the prophets. And then you have the Christian age that we are under today, where God's Word is now revealed to us through the writings of the Old and New Testaments, the canon of the Scriptures as we call it. The Bible is the revealed will of God for mankind, and our authority for anything we do is provided in the New Testament. So whereas there was a time whenever those seeking the will of God would go to a prophet, to a seer, today we open up the scriptures and we find God's revealed will for us in them. Now as we look at the word prophecy, we begin with our first point. What is the meaning and purpose of prophecy? How is prophecy used in Scripture? What are some of the ways that that we learn from it? Prophecy was used for different purposes, especially in the Old Testament. God revealed his will for mankind, again, through prophets. We understand that Saul was established as king of Israel through the prophet Samuel, upon God's revealing his will for Israel through him, based on their desire for a king. God pronounced judgment on individuals through prophets as well. One of the ones that, that might come to mind be Ahab and Jezebel. God sent prophets to them who revealed his will to them. God pronounced judgment on Israel and Judah as nations through prophets. What was to come for the northern and southern kingdoms based on their behavior and their idolatry, basically their adultery against God. We see that judgment was pronounced against them through the words of prophecy. And prophecy concerning the coming of the Christ, what we refer to as messianic prophecy, was revealed through the proclamations of these prophets. Now, in looking at its purpose and in looking at its meaning... One question that might come to mind, can prophecy be trusted to be true? You know, especially prophecy that that is so far in the future, as far as its fulfillment is concerned, can it be trusted to be true? 2 Peter 1, verses 16 through 21 tells us that it can be trusted to be. 2 Peter 1 and verse 16, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. In verse 19, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Any prophecy that is not in Scripture would be false. And we are not to trust that kind of prophecy. We'll we'll get into that later in the lesson. But any prophecy that is found in Scripture, any prophecy that is found in, in Holy Writ, we can believe to be true. It doesn't come from the men who speak it. As a matter of fact, there were some very harsh words that those men who were given the ability to prophesy, there were some very harsh things that they prophesied against God's people and against others for for not serving Him. Judgments of various kinds were, were delivered through words of prophecy. You think those prophets wanted to... to deliver those messages. Often their lives were were put in danger for delivering such messages. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. It doesn't come by the will of men, but it comes by the will of God. And we can trust these prophecies to be true. And and as far as their trustworthiness, we see so many prophets uh, throughout the Old Testament they prophesied things in the future and those things came to pass. We see that, that those are fulfilled and certainly we can believe those to be true. We can trust prophecies of scripture to be the words of God. Let's look at prophecy in the Old Testament. Prophecy in the Old Testament. Though many count Samuel as the first of the prophets, Moses may also be included in this list. He was given a message from God and commanded to proclaim it to Israel and Pharaoh. God's people were to be released from the bondage of Egypt. He was given the law to give to the people. And so I think we can can rightfully say that that Moses uh, would be among the prophets in that regard. Uh, Some take it all the way back to Enoch who uh, some believe also to be a prophet. But certainly we agree that Samuel was a prophet. And that's where I want us to begin in our look at some of the prophets. We do not have time in our lesson tonight to go through all of the prophets, but I do want to go through some of the major prophecies that were given uh, in the beginning of the prophets. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and beginning with verse, or chapter 3 and verse 1. We see of Samuel's calling. Eli was a priest, never hearing the voice of God directly, as did Samuel. And so this was a a foreign thing to him, even. But in verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3, we begin reading Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel. Samuel, and Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel, at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. Verse 17, and he said, What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. And Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. You might look at this as, as the first recorded prophecy that was given. A prophecy of judgment against the sons of Eli for their disobedience. It was not an easy prophecy for Samuel to deliver. Yet he was given a message. And Eli knew its importance. And he took it into account. It was also given to Samuel to establish Saul as king over Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and beginning with verse 1. 1 Samuel 8 and verse 1. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges. Over Israel, the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods so they are doing to you also now therefore heed their voice however you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them and in the next few chapters we get into uh, the verses which speak to what Samuel did he did warn the people and they still wanted a king. And so by God's commandment, by what God was allowing them to do, Samuel established Saul as the first king of Israel. And there are other things that happened from there. But I want to turn our attention to First Kings chapter seventeen, to another prophet. Prophet Elijah. Elijah was next, pronouncing a drought. And in 1 Kings 17, and beginning with verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook sheriff. Which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith. Which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. and And bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while. That the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. This prophecy was true. It was also Elijah who in chapter 18 called out the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Uh, Another familiar story to us. And there are many, many others, but these are just a few as, as we begin looking at the prophets. The list of the prophets continues. We have an early group of Elisha, Joel, and Jonah. In the 8th century, we have Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah. In the 7th century, Zephaniah, Jeremiah, Nahum, and Habakkuk. And then we have the exilic group, Obadiah and Ezekiel. And the post-exilic group, after they had been exiled, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And some are referred to as major prophets because of the length of their, their books some is minor, but none are of any less value than any other. They all received God's Word, and they all revealed it to His people. But before we close out our portion on the Old Testament, let's notice Messianic prophecy. Some of the prophecies concerning Christ in the Old Testament. And primarily, I want us to notice the writings of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would come to earth. That he would be born to a virgin. In Isaiah 7, beginning with verse 13. Isaiah 7 and verse 13. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Christ's life, his suffering and his death were prophesied in Isaiah 53 also. We see throughout Scripture there are many other passages throughout the Old Testament that speak of the coming Christ, and certainly these are fulfilled. As we get into prophecy in the New Testament, we see the prophecies of the Old Testament began to be fulfilled, especially those concerning Christ. And the establishment of the church, Peter had this to say in his sermon. Uh, quoting from other writers as well. But in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 17, this he said of prophecy And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants. I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Certainly there was a time and purpose for these in the establishment of the Lord's church. And there was a time for spiritual gifts, including prophecy. As there was a time for spiritual gifts, including prophecy, there would also come a time when these were no longer needed. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read together verses 8 through 13. First Corinthians 13 and beginning with verse eight. Concluding the list of uh, definitions as far as love is concerned, Paul writes that love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, It will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come. Then that which is in part will be done away. Verse 11. When I was a child I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man. I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith hope love these three. But the greatest of these is love. Oh, what's that mean exactly? But whether there are prophecies they will fail. Haven't we been speaking of the accuracy of the prophecies? Ha- haven't we been speaking... Of the the ability that we have to rely on them, it's not saying that the prophecies that had been prophesied were going to fail; those were fulfilled. But that's exactly it; they were fulfilled. The, the prophecies of the time, the prophecies that, that the people were looking to that, that they thought were, were so important and certainly as the Corinthians were, were thinking, it was very important to them, these spiritual gifts and Paul is writing about that. But there would be a time when these things would cease. There would be no need for them any longer. You, you see, the revealed will of God is given in the form of the Scriptures. The Scriptures. While the Scriptures were being written, there was need for prophecy and other spiritual gifts. But the Scriptures being written and preserved for us reveal the entirety of God's will, His truth. Remember we were talking about that last week. Psalm 119, 160, the entirety of God's Word is truth. The sum of God's Word is truth. And we have the sum of God's Word today. Prophecies outside of Scripture, they're really no good. They're they're of no effect. But the prophecies that are in Scripture, we can trust to be fulfilled if they aren't already. Also in Scripture, as far as the New Testament is concerned, There was warning of false prophets. Jesus and others warn of false prophets. Uh, Think of Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Matthew 7, beginning with verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Though the word of God is no longer revealed by means of prophets... There are still those that claim that they are prophets. There are those who believe that there are prophets even today. There are still those who proclaim false prophecy and false doctrine. And Christians are responsible for being aware of them and their teachings. By their fruits you will know them. Christians bear the fruit of the Spirit. The example and teachings of God and His Word. False prophets bear other fruit, and by their fruit we are to know them. Prophecy was used as a means of revealing God's word to his people and was a part of his perfect plan. His plan to rain judgment upon his people for their continued transgressions against him. His plan to redeem His people through the remnant. His plan to bring His Son into the world to die for the sins of mankind. His plan to establish His church, His people, through Christ's sacrifice for their sins. Gifts of prophecy have served their purpose today. And though we no longer have these things, we no longer have people who... God has spoken to, revealing a message to them for His people. We have God's message. We have it in His revealed Word. However, the prophecies of the Scripture, Christians should recognize and their warnings we are to heed. Some are, are examples from the Old Testament that, that we are to learn from in the New. Some prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. One in particular that we should recognize, Second Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. 2 Peter 3 and verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. The coming day of the Lord has been promised, and it will be fulfilled, just as any other prophecy that is given to us in God's Word. There was thought that, that because it hadn't happened yet that maybe the Lord was delaying, that maybe it would never happen. But we know the reason is given in verse 9 of this same chapter. The Lord is unwilling that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we are reminded that the Lord is unwilling for any of us To perish in this day. Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? Also repenting, confessing your faith in Christ. Have you obeyed him? If you're not a Christian. Then certainly we offer the invitation to you. If it is that that you're not a faithful child of God, if you need to come back, if you need to repurpose yourself, rededicate your life to His service, if you need help in doing that, if you need to ask for prayer or for forgiveness, if there is some way that we can help you, we want to do that. We want you to be found faithful in the end. So if the Lord's invitation, if you are subject to it, it is offered to you now, we pray that you wouldn't put it off, but come. As together we sing, stand and sing. There's a bell.